anytime someone is making an effort to do yoga, anytime someone is whatever, whatever that looks like, that's a positive event on earth. Someone showing up for a yoga class, whether it's a million dollars or whether it's free, whatever it is, that is a positive event. Considering the whole range of things that we could be doing with our time. That was Adam Carney. Hey everyone, welcome to the 2021 first episode of Seeker and Sage. My name is Danny Pomploon and I'm your host. Welcome to 2021, everybody. We, uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this, we made it. <laughs> or just barely. <laughs> hey, listen, um, I want to kick off this episode by just welcoming everyone back from the little break. Um, I took two weeks off. I'm going to talk a little more about it in next week's episode, but man, it was so needed and uh, I just can't encourage anyone, everyone enough to uh, to take a break if you can. I know that's a, that's a big ask and that's an easy thing to say and not really easy to do for a lot of us to have to work and take care of families and so on and so forth, but I'm back. I'm feeling charged. Um, it's always going real raw and ready to go. And uh, yeah, about the episode, I get Adam on the show, who is the owner of East West Yoga. Uh, they run teacher trainings galore, both online and in person. And uh, we actually start to get into the conversation of uh, yoga teacher trainings online, which is a really touchy subject uh, for me in general. I look at the landscape of what's going on with it online and people are just making stuff up and trying to sell it to turn a dollar. And I just think it's really sad and they're discrediting a lot of people. But I have a lot of opinions on that. We can get into discussion on that actually in the uh, in the Facebook group. Um, which I will do links in the uh, in the show notes, and we can we can totally go all ham on on that if you want to. Uh, Adam's a great dude; he runs a great business. I truly believe in what he's doing. Um, and as we uh, get back into 2021, uh, my goal this year is to really just help this podcast and this podcast community continue to grow. I want to continue to offer as much as I can uh, to the listeners out there that are students that are wanting to go deeper into the practice, and for you teachers that are out there that are ready to thrive. I want to continue to offer um, advanced education for you here, business advice, and just uh, make it a place where we can all grow together. It's 2021. Thank you guys for uh, sticking with me. And without further ado, here goes today's episode. Mr. East West himself. (laughs) What's up, Adam? How are you? Hey, Danny. I'm good. How are you? I am here. I'm I'm thriving. I'm surviving. I took a week off of uh, work and I did absolutely jack shit. I didn't do anything. <laughs> so I, I slept 10 hours every day and took naps every day and had two hour mornings of coffee and took a bath every day. And it was exactly what I needed. So I feel like a new human. I, I find that I'm, I'm jealous. I find that hard. Yeah, I thought it was gonna. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be hard, but then you know, I don't know. After your entire business is just disappears because of coronavirus, and then you're in right. startup mode for nine months, you sleep pretty hard, actually. <laughs> for me, I just run out of stuff to do. I live because I live up in the woods in Portland, um, yeah. alone. So I, I really quickly run out of stuff to do after the. I start to open my Nintendo, and then that's when I'm like, all right, I got to get back to work. Yeah, totally. This was, I actually, so like not so low key, literally everyone was like, you're just going to sit around for a week. Yeah. Good luck with that. And I held the boundary with myself just so hard where I knew that if I didn't actually do this, that I wasn't going to be in my own personal integrity because I've been preaching, 
you know, this to the last or the, for the last like two months with everybody, like do more restorative, do more Nidra, everyone just relax, unwind. And I wasn't necessarily following through completely because, you know, you still got to do the thing in order to continue to do the thing. Um, and finally I just had a whole week of like, yeah, I mean, I just laid around on props all week long. It was great. Yeah. Kia Miller said this to me once she was like, it's, it's easy to, Kia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like, it's easy to do nothing. It's hard to do nothing sattvically. And I was yeah. like, yep, that's it. Yep. To hang out and just be in that, in that balance where you're right, right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Adam, I have to, um, it's funny. I, I feel like, well, I mean, obviously we, we know a couple of, uh, uh the same people, but yeah. I, I uh, so you own and operate, uh, yoga East West, um, which is in my opinion, looking at what you do online, I think it's some of the quality wise, when I look at trainings and programming that is out there, I just think it's, uh, it's up to par. It's really in full integrity, which I, I am a big fan about. And so one, I just want to celebrate and congratulate you on that because I know that that's not easy. It's really easy in this day and age of yoga to get caught up in the, in the hype of it and still not keep the roots, which I think is, it's important for us to appreciate because if not, we, you know, appropriate. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, it means a lot for, to have that recognized because yeah, it is hard. Um, and so just a quick, quick backstory. Um, I, I became the owner of what is now one of the largest yoga teacher training companies in the world at age 27, Hmm. which in hindsight was a role that I was just not, was not prepared for. Yeah. And the journey over the last three and a half years has been maturing, um, expanding, just getting pulled in every direction in order to grow into the person who can uh, hold a container of an organization that um, that that even can that even can can try to say that that we're we're doing stuff with integrity and and you know I've gone through many iterations of what that means to to have integrity in yoga and what it means to be authentic. I mean, these are the questions that I've been waking up with and going to sleep with every day for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it feels good to to have that recognized. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to talk about that because it, it's, it's definitely been a journey of, of trying to, uh, and, and witnessing the difference between the ideas that we had initially on what we were going to be and what it means to, to be an authentic yoga company versus what just has obviously unfolded in reality and what we've, you know, what inevitably you get um, I don't want to say like pulled into, I think it's more of just recognizing what is the most harmonious for students in today's age. Hmm. I think there's a couple of pieces there that, you know, it's, uh, we can expand on, 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 on a little, but you know, it's, it's recognizing for those of us that have heard the term, the work, and they're like, well, what is that exactly? What you just said is the work, you know, it's coming back, reflecting over the last three years. Well, wait a minute, how do I do this right? How do I, you know, change and, you know, modify and grow and expand and take a step back and relearn and unpattern and, you know, break up the samskaras of, you know, the way I've been doing my life and my business for however many years that you, you know, started doing that. That's the work. 
And most people are afraid to do that. Not most people, I should say. Let me take that back. I think most people um, aren't necessarily fully prepared, right? They, they, right. they might not have the skill set or, you know, you speak of holding the container like, dude, no one wants to sit back and be like, oh my God, I, we did that really shitty for a really long time. We need to clean this up. Like that's a right. big, that, but that is the work. That is the work and that is holding the container. And that is, that is, you know, let's throw around the word authenticity because everyone else does. <laughs> right. That is, that is, that is coming from a place of integrity and authenticity. And I think that that, that in itself is already sets you aside. You know, that already sets you aside from, you know, many other business owners and many other, you know, yogis and, and, you know, it's yoga is even in the way that we run our business people. It's, it's totally not just the way that we move our bodies. It's in everything that we do. There is yoga in everything that we do. There is yoga. Yeah. You know, I had this realization, um, right around the time that I was starting East West that, um, I'm, I'm an artist also. And if, if, if there's artists listening out there, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's, it's that, the joy of being an artist is that you see yourself reflected in what you're creating. Mm. So I can look back to a piece of art that I made last year and I can just see all the nuances of my consciousness that were coming out in that art and my limitations. So I can see, okay, I was a little bit less expressive with my lines. I was a little bit less aware of color dynamics. The same exact thing is happening um, in a company. And I think that, um, it's, it's really helpful for business owners and leaders in general to wake up to that, that our, our consciousness as leaders is being reflected in the organization that we create both in its, both in its, um, highlights and in its failures. So one example for me of this was that in 2018, we were, we were growing like crazy. I mean, our, we just had more and more people, um, basically unlimited demand. We couldn't put on as many trainings as, as people wanted. And in one sense, it was really exhilarating because the world responded to the concept and they responded to what we put out there, which felt really good. On, the, on, on another sense, there was this realization that some of our team members are just unhappy right? Like they're unhappy because they're overworked. And so I had, it was a moment for me where, you know, I had to realize that I had, I'm responsible for this environment. I'm, I'm responsible for how people feel when they come and work here. Mm -hmm. And so it was an example for me of how I needed to look at myself and what I was prioritizing, but just, I think being aware of that. And another example of this is, you know, you see certain organizations where they're like, fantastic with design and marketing and then not so great in other areas. And that, that to me is just a reflection of where we put our attention, mm. which I think is just one of the, one of the, if not the core choice in life. And so I've, I've, I've found so much of my growth in life from business for that reason, because I'm constantly using it as a, as a reflection tool to, to teach me about myself and, and when, when you do the work, like you're talking about, you experience growth because you, you, you meet your limitations, right? So when our team is happier, when we're communicating clearly, growth happens. Um, 
and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, some of the things that it's all, and the, the, the interesting thing about that is one of my early business mentors told me this. He's like, the problem, your problems with the business are not the things that you don't know. It's the things that you don't know that you don't know. So it's the things that like need (laughs) the things that need attention, which they're not even in your realm of consciousness to think that that's something that you should focus on. Mm -hmm. And there's been, yeah, there's been moments like that too. And that's sort of how you, you realize your, your dark spots. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There, there is a, I mean, not just for, for you, but you might have heard or read it already, but for all the other entrepreneurs and yogis out there, there's a book called it's, I think it's the it's the 15 steps or 15 attributes of a conscious leader and it's a really huh. solid read it is a mm-hmm. really 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 good read i'd recommend it for anybody out there that's into i definitely love the self-help stuff i think it's great i think some of it's really awesome i think others is really boring and cheesy but this book i actually found really helpful in the way that i manage my you know like when you're an entrepreneur you manage yourself as a business and as a person and all that stuff and and i implement it in the things that um that i operate with in, in life so just a little little tidbit for sure look that one up i should i should get a percentage from this <laughs> yeah a little commission on yeah, that. yeah totally so i want to um um y- you know as we were kind of chatting about like you know what the show was going to be about I, um, it's, it's so perfect, you know, being, you know, the company that you, that you run and, and, you know, what is happening right before our very eyes of, you know, the landscape of yoga is just crumbling, um, in so many ways. And the integrity of yoga is crumbling in so many ways. And like, I am like, there are some days where I just open my eyes and I'm on Instagram and I'm like, what are people doing with these trainings? Like stuff that is just piecemealed together super last you know like there's just no i don't listen i don't want to throw anyone under the bus and i don't want to sound like i'm being so judgy even though i i guess i'll own it and say i am being a little judgmental but for me you know there's a big piece of integrity um in the practice in itself and you know there 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 wasn't always that for me i definitely you know came into the practice trying to do cool shapes i first started instagram trying to become instagram famous i wanted to headline yoga festivals because i wanted to be cool and validate myself and now you know i checking all those boxes i'm like oh that shit doesn't matter and now it's just really about living the practice and uh and that's not to even even that can be there can be some ego in that right like oh, well now i'm just gonna live this and you're not yeah. but what I'm, what I guess I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say is like, what has happened since coronavirus to on, to like online yoga teacher training it is just blowing my mind and in not a good way. I see people really, really, really losing integrity. I see people, you know, people claiming that they're allies to different, you know, underserved groups, and you know to different communities and they're completely undercutting their businesses by gouging prices and not honoring someone's level of study, someone's level of work that they've put in. Not to say that you need to charge a million dollars for a teacher training, but when you've gone and you've devalued the entire industry, you're actually hurting everyone that was already hurting. You're hurting the people of color. You're hurting the queer community that was already struggling to try to make it in yoga because we aren't really seen and heard because it's not built for us. You've just made it that much worse. You know, you've, you've not only made it that much worse, 
you did it for the sake of making a dollar and everyone's got to do what they got to do. And I get that. And I respect that. And I, everyone's in their own different place, but they're, I don't know. There's this piece inside of me where it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. You know, and I have to do my work around that. That's right. That's up to, there's something up inside of me that's getting triggered. You know, maybe there's an old pattern there or something that I did in the yeah. past. that's like, Oh, this is, this is reflective of what I've done and I'm still bothered by it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I have a lot of, I have so many thoughts on that. Um, Let's go, man. Let's go. <laughs> Adam, I've been waiting to talk to you. I literally have been like waiting to talk to you. <laughs> uh, the first thing is that, that I've understood is that um, I, I love my teachers. They're, they're my family and they have to eat. Their families have yep. to eat. Yep. So I think that I, 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 I try to stay aware of that when I see stuff like you're talking about, you know, I'm seeing ads for $99, 200 hour teacher training. Oh um, my, don't get me started on, on him. I yeah, just so, don't get me started on him. <laughs> so, so yeah, let's talk about that instance so we can yeah. be a little bit more specific. So yeah, in that instance, it's, I, I think it's important not to immediately make an enemy of something, but to really understand the dynamic. So the dynamic yeah. is someone who is looking at essentially finding a, a, an audience that has a need that is unmet, right? Mm -hmm. which, which is what entrepreneurship is. An entrepreneurship mm -hmm. looks at a subsection of people and says, they can't afford this. Okay, we'll do a cheaper one. And it's possible because we can create that because there's people willing to to get on and record videos and offer that for $99. Okay. So that's happening. And from my view, that's going to continue to happen. There's always going to be, there's always going to be someone to offer something cheaper yoga, mm -hmm. especially online yoga is a race to zero. Mm -hmm. It will happen. There's, there's going to be teacher training programs that there, someone's going to put one out. That's free, right? It's, it's going to happen because all that content exists now. So, now the question is, where does integrity come into that? Hmm. To, to me, I, it, I, I, I find it anytime someone is making an effort to do yoga, anytime someone is whatever, whatever that looks like, that's a positive event on earth. Mm -hmm. Someone yeah. showing up for a yoga class, whether it's a million dollars or whether it's free whatever it is, that is a positive event. Considering the whole range of things that we could be doing with our time, right? So that's one thing I've just become aware of is that, you know, there's a million, I don't know, something like, I forget the number, some ridiculously high number of yoga teachers. And I think a lot of people look at that and they're like, well, it shouldn't be like that, whatever. But I'm like, well, isn't that the point? Like, aren't we trying to share yoga? Aren't we trying to get it to expand that now the, the, it's just, to me, it's just part of nature that when something expands, it gets diluted. Mm. Right. And that that's Danny, to be honest, I don't see that as a bad thing. As long as people know and are aware and are pointed back into what the essence of this is, because mm. if you leave a two, your $99, 200 hour teacher training, you think, I'm finished. This is all there is to know. That to me is out of integrity mm -hmm. because you actually stop someone's progress on their conscious path. 
But for another person, that might be their only option at a time. But if you are one of those people out there who's offering, you know, some version of a watered down program, which every, every, every yoga program on earth now, to some extent is a watered down yoga program. I tell our, our, our students that were the teachers that we train that your, your obligation to integrity is actually two parts. One is to meet the person where they're at, because if there were only people on earth offering, you know, four or $5,000 expensive teacher trainings like East West, there's a lot of people who would never have access to that. Mm-hmm. And so your, your, your obligation is to first meet, meet the person where they're at, regardless of where they're at, so that yoga can continue to spread. The second obligation is to point them further into the tradition or the teachings of yoga and help them understand that this is not, this is the beginning of your path mm-hmm. and that your, stu- your study should not stop here. Also understand what it means to be embodied because to say yoga is one thing to be fully embodied in these teachings is a whole other thing. And I think that most people in the West don't have an example of, of someone to point to that is fully embodied. Again, it's something that we don't know that we don't know because we've never met someone. We've never lived with someone who is a fully embodied person. But then suddenly you meet someone who is fully embodied and you realize, oh my God, like there's a whole nother universe of depth to this practice. And so mm-hmm. at East West, we do, like we've started, especially since COVID, we've, we started working with a really, really tight knit group of teachers. And to us, that was integrity. And that's a piece of it. And we try to, we try to surround our super senior teachers from India with Western teachers who are also aware of those dynamics. So our Western teachers are really um, connected to our Eastern teachers to be able to say, I don't necessarily have the answer to that. This should be a question for Swami, or this should be a question for Monk Greg, or if you want to actually go into embodying that, you should do study with this person. So I think that you know, the, the, the history of yoga is all of these uh, connections between teachers and students. And I had this realization that if you, if you showed up, if you, if, if you wanted to study yoga 500 years ago and you showed up, you'd go, you'd go to an ashram and you'd knock on the door and there'd be, a la- there'd be a, 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 someone, an understudy that would probably greet you. And if you said, I want to learn yoga, that person wouldn't take you aside and give you a yoga class. That person would say, go to the teacher, go to the master. But that's, that's the part that's changed now. It's that instead of newer teachers saying, go to my teacher, here's a source of my knowledge and pointing them in that direction, the, the entrepreneur in us is trying to sort of acquire that person to be our student, right? So I think that that's, that to me is part of the integrity within that complex matrix that's missing is like the respect of where this information comes from. Because the truth is, is that Nobody alive right now invented any of this information. We're all piecing together parts that we learned from the masters before us. And there are these great, amazing, fully embodied masters that came to the West and gave this to us as a gift that they got from their master, that they, that, that master got from their master. And so to me, when I, when I experience a teacher and they resonate with me as someone who has integrity, what I'm sensing is that they feel their connection to 
not not doesn't have to be just one lineage, but they have the respect for where this came from and they'll help their students sort of get swallowed into that wave, that wave of just like what we call Bhav, which is just this like love energy that mm-hmm. is a part of this, this ethos of yoga. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, you know, there's well, first, you know, the, a lot on the philosophy, you know, part of it, like these, no one alive right now has written most of the philosophy things. Although there are some people that are alive that have written some modern day philosophy takes on this and you know to know a person that we both know alive right now that has named some of these yoga postures is also something that i think people forget like the stuff the yoga poses you guys aren't that sacred you know they're they're just they're shapes and bodies and half the ones that you do nowadays wasn't something that was original and yoga was based on an aesthetic practice you know from some gymnastics really um, the, the other part that I was just, you know, I was thinking about, as you were saying was, you know, going in and creating a program that's X amount of dollars and, you know, you know, whatever, whether it's a higher price point or whatever, and being able to be of service to a community that can't afford X amount of dollars. I think that the way that, you know, really makes something, this is, again, my, my point of view is, you know, I am able to offer scholarships to people because I'm able to offer, you know, regular prices to other people and it keeps everyone in the well, you know, because some people can afford a little bit more. Other people are able to, you know, come in at a discounted price, sometimes a full scholarship or whatever it is. And I've never once in my life turned anyone away for wanting to learn. Like that's just, if the want is there, if the studentship is there, I think that that for me is more important because I can see if that person changes, if that person's awareness, just the slightest bit, even 0.001% can shift. And they're, you know, they have just their periphery is, is expanded. You know, they are going to have an impact on the world in their immediate universe. And that's just as important as, as the entire field in itself. You know, in, in their immediate universe, they're going to shift their, you know, their friends, their family members, da, 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 just by that small little change. When it comes to, you know, the integrity part, this is something, you know, even something that actually, funny enough, Kia, you know, last we, uh, last I was in India with her this year, um, right as everything was going down, actually, we were, we were in India when COVID hit and everything got locked down. And one of the conversations, you know, that I was having with her, you know, and this is after a a few different studies, you know, I was like, Kia, what's next? You know, like what is, what is next on, on, on my path? Who am I like, what is, what is my sadhana looking like? And, you know, how is it that, you know, we were talking just about consciousness and where, you know, I'm at in my phase of it and where my, my practice has really shifted to. And she said, it doesn't matter at this point, Danny, what it looks like. It doesn't matter that you go and sit here and it doesn't matter that you do this Kriya and it doesn't matter that you go. She's like, the only thing that matters is that you do it. Right. The only thing that matters is that you keep showing up and you keep doing it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. Because when you come from that place, when you continue to go into the study of transformation, the transformation already happens. Right. You it's know, like you're, when you're the, already when the when the commitment is there, that there. that is the root, right? It and yeah. and the practicing when that commitment there is inevitable because you you've created this vessel of commitment to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 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 And that's what, that's what I find is, you know, important on, 
I mean, I don't know. I'm not supposed to be out here checking everybody being like, you're not, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this right here, but fuck. Sometimes I want to be like, you guys, we can do better. Right. <laughs> like, come on. Can we, we can all decide to do just a little bit better. Right. And me totally being guilty of it. Like I've done some stupid stuff before in the past, you know, in regards to yoga that I just didn't know. I didn't totally. know any better. And it, it wasn't until I was like, I need to go deeper into this well. And when I went there, totally just had a reality check. Like, oh, I thought I, I thought I knew, you know, I thought I had some sort of, uh, you know, awareness in it. Not to say I have that much more now, but at least a little better, you know, a little, a little bit more where I'm like, man, I, I'm changing the way I did this or changing the way I did that. Or right. maybe not leading this lecture because I actually don't, don't, shouldn't be speaking about this stuff. Someone that is specialized in this should be speaking about this and not me. Right. You know, before we, before we started, I, I was making a little list because the, the, one of the topics that we we're going to talk about today is this idea of integrity. And what does that mean? Um, I made a little list of uh, four things that I've really specific things that I've found as on the, on the business side, because um, I'm, I'm clear in my role as the, as the organizational um, I am a, a, a yogi of 10 years and, and I've, I've done my teacher trainings and I have taught yoga, but for me, I, I, I've consciously entered this role of, um, the, the organizer and, and leader, um, of East West. And so I, I, I came up with four things, probably the, the biggest lessons that I've found, which have been helpful for me in, in walking that path. Do you think it would be useful for me to a hundred percent. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's selfishly for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The first one is don't have a vision. Hmm. So when I, when I started, I, I, I came from the world of tech startups, which is all vision. You know, it's all ambition. It's like maximizing growth. And, um, I was at an ashram up in Sonoma. I don't know if you've ever been to the Sonoma ashram. Um, mm -mm. I want to give an, a shout out to Sonoma ashram because that, that place is awesome. And not many people you're, I know you're in San Francisco, not, not a lot of people in San Francisco know about this place, but if you're looking for a place to just get away in silence for in a place that's nice and just steeped in traditional Indian spirituality, um, such an amazing refuge. So you should go check that out. But anyway, I was there, um, right before I started East West and, I was watching a video about their, their sister ashram in Varanasi and the ashram had originally started as an ashram that supported people with leprosy. So it was a hospital. And, uh, one day the, uh, some townspeople brought two children to the ashram. One was a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old and their parents had just been killed in a car accident. And the community brought them to the ashram because there was just nowhere else to take them. And at first the people at the ashram were looking at it and saying like, we can't, we can't take the, these children. Like we're not, we're not a childcare facility, but they assessed the situation. They kind of looked around town and they realized we're actually the best place for these kids right now. Um, the universe brought us these, these kids and we'll take care of them. And it went so well that more people just started bringing their children there. Now, 10 years later, they've got 300 kids there. They've got a full education program. It's a school. And to me, that is the essence of, so, so I want to draw this distinction between having a vision and imposing your vision on the world and on your teachers and on your students versus being supportive and allowing what, what 
the uni- what's happening on the universe to unfold right now. And to me, that was my lesson in, in just seeing how they took this um, challenge that the universe offered them and just abs- by, by giving their full presence to that challenge, allowing themselves to unfold with that and really growing with that challenge. I just see so many yoga businesses. You can feel it. And to me, when I walk into a yoga studio, it's like my, my, friend, my, my, my friend here in Portland says this. He's like, you walk into a yoga studio and it feels like you, you need to have a tight butthole because you're, what, you're feeling, <laughs> what you're feeling is you're feeling these people trying, unconsciously trying to impose some vision on you. That's not mm-hmm. why we come to yoga, right? And so to me, if you're an entrepreneur and you've got ambition, that's really good, but apply that to being of service to every day, whoever's in your presence, be of service to that person. And from there, what, what unfolds, what is the most service to the community will unfold separate from your vision. I just find every time I get in that creating from a vision standpoint, I, it's a, it's a red flag to myself. Um, second, know your role. Um, so for me, like my, my, I'm very clear that my role is not to be a spiritual teacher and that we have people on our team that do that. And, and so for, for people out there who want to work in yoga, um, I think it's just it, it, part, part of creating a harmonious organization is that people do, they're aware of, of the boundaries of their specialty and what they're really good at and then areas where they're still working. And I see this in yoga a lot, that there's just people that are doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. And so like the primary example of that is um, a new teacher teaching yoga philosophy or, um, you know, someone new teaching anatomy. It's like there's people out there who have developed a mastery in that. Those people should be in that role. So for you, for, well, for, for you listeners out there who uh, aspire to have a yoga business, your role is to get money flowing through the business. And you're hit with that reality very starkly when you start. It's like, if there's not money flowing through and you can't pay your people, you're just not going to get anyone's attention. You're not going to be able to pay your teachers. So I think I've been really grounded in that reality from the beginning. And teachers know that, um, that I focus on that and that, that that is my role to the team. I'm not saying I don't do other stuff as well. But I take that as my first responsibility always to pay my teachers. Mm-hmm. And that goes into my third one is love paying your teachers. Like it truly is my joy that honestly, when I've really searched my soul, like why am I doing this? It's for the moments when we have a teacher um, from India and they're getting paid $300 for a whole month teacher training, working, you know, five, six hours a day holding space for <laughs> so many people and they come to us and, you know, we can pay them five, $6,000 to be a teacher. Those are the moments where it's like my heart lights up because that is, that is to me, the, the service in this is to recognize great teachers. And so I think I've witnessed a lot of people in the yoga industry where there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of tense moments around money. And I think that East West has been able to attract really, um, really experienced and mature teachers because they know that I, I love paying them. It's actually why I do what I do. 
Um, so that, that's a big one. And then fourth, um, I think it's good to have ambition, but, but limit it, like, like be conscious of what, what the, the limits of, of your ambition are. So, you know, I've met young yoga teachers and they're like, my yoga is going to change the world. And well, first of all, I'm like, well, it's not your yoga. And it's, I mean, it's probably not. The truth is, is like you, like the amount of effort and stress you'd have to put into that would probably be unhealthy for you. So I think ambition can be healthy. You know, ambition is part of what propels us forward to, to bring grace and to bring um, healing to the world. But, but to, to constantly be aware of that it's something that you need to curb. And for me, whenever I like start thinking about massive growth, I check myself. And um, one part of the, one of the things I did this year um, was that I just actually set a cap for myself of how much in the whole, like in the whole history of this company, how much I will make a year as a, as just a measure to, to say, I want to do well, but I don't want this to get to a point where, um, where, you know, my ambition is, is running this organization. Um, right. So yeah. Um, I'm sure there's many more, but those are the four that I think have been like really unique lessons from, uh, from this role. I think those are great just takeaways in general for, you know, for anyone, whether you're applying it to a yoga business, you know, to, you know, the, the, with the exception of the paying your, your yoga teacher's part, but if you're applying it to really anything in life is just tune in, you know, tune in and, and check in and understand where it's coming from and why it's coming up and right. You know, it just, you know, we, we could say this again. I'm just, I'm, I'm really glad that there is integrity there. And, you know, I, I, I really do, I, man, I just, I led this, this, this workshop and it was super small, and super easy. <laughs> and it was just a quick little, like, you know, Hey, this is, it was a, it was a three day weekend. It was called, you know, it's, it's called nerd alert. Those of you that took it, you know what you were in for, but it's asana alignment and anatomy. And just for three days, I, I talk about blueprint poses and right. finding, you know, Tadasana and everything and co-contractions and people were just like, yeah, I just did my 500 hour online and I've never learned any of this. And in my mind, I was <laughs> like, my, my, my brain hurts right now. This is what right. practitioners should know. This is what but, you should but, but Danny, uh, Danny, let me, let me get, can I give you another, I'll give you another perspective on that is like, yeah. is like what I witness and, and Matt, you know, I'm this, I'm imagine like I work with teachers who have a bunch of specialties. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that person might have done their 500 hour, like my girlfriend did her 500 hour and it was super kind of esoteric and kind of shamanic. Mm -hmm. And like, to me, that's, that is a piece of the puzzle, right? Like I think of, of the yoga journey as like all these different pieces. And so to me, like rather than make an enemy of what they have learned, I, and I'm sure there are some instances where there's just like some right. total garbage out there. But I think in most, it's actually rare that someone is like, my teacher training was just terrible. A lot of times right. it's not, it's not what you and I probably experienced. Like, and we've been blessed with really good teachers, but it's like, they got one, yeah. they got one piece of their puzzle. And then you were just able to give them another really, really important piece. And right. so, yeah. I, that's been part of it for me where, you know, just from this sort of like zoomed out, very meta perspective, witnessing all these different people interacting with these different teachers that, um, yeah, you just start to see Like for me, it was kind of, 
it was the opposite. Like I didn't learn to open my heart until like six years into my practice. And I'm like, I didn't even know that this was a thing. And I was like, why didn't I learn this at the beginning? But that's just the journey, right? So yeah. for me, I got really into the physical practice early and then the and then the, the heart stuff and the conscious stuff comes later. For other people, it's the opposite. And right. they're all, yeah. and you know, this that's why it takes a lifetime to learn yoga because there are so many pieces to the puzzle. And I think that's the fun of it too, is like putting the puzzle together because there's all these, you know, universes that are hidden under rocks that we didn't see before. And then we get into one and, and, you know, like the workshop you were taking, um, all these people discovered this new universe of posture and alignment and bodily awareness through you as a conduit for that. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that when, when, you know, as teachers, when we assume that our piece of the puzzle is, you know, somehow like the essential one, it's, it's essential in a context, right? But there's just other, there's so many different dimensions to yoga. And so I think that's one of the things that is like kind of unique about East West is just that, like, we don't really have, um, like our philosophy, if you ask us like what kind of school we are, our philosophy is just great teachers working together. And we're, we're just like an environment where teachers can work together. And so we don't have like super strict beliefs about, um, you know, how yoga should be. There are some basic, obviously like, uh, beliefs that we have, but, um, we try to leave that space for every teacher to express their originality and then piece people around them so that they fit. So there would, it sounds like you're really into, you know, bodily awareness. And so, you know, like you would come on to lead with someone who embodies something that is completely opposite of that and find like, what are the synergies in that? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a couple of parts to that is just like, I, I own up to this entire, like a lot of the stuff in this conversation for me is just like, I have work to do around a lot of this stuff for me personally, like I'm, everyone listening out there, like I got my own hangups too. And, yeah, and, and then wait, the, I just want to say like, I, I've gone through, you know, I can sit here and say all this stuff, but like, you have no idea what I've, you know, the challenges that I've gone through to just, just to be able to witness these things and like come to an understanding of them. It's been like right. gritting my teeth and, you know, crying at night, like all these, all this shit in order yeah. to, you know, come to this place. And I'm, I'm in kind of a weird position where I have this different vantage point right. where I'm, I'm not right. invested like a teacher. Like if I was sharing from my, like every day, um, being a teacher, it, my journey would be different, but I wanted to say that for you because, you know, like you're, you're a great teacher. Like you, you, you're aware of what you're, you're great at and, and you give that to your students and students find some degree of awakening. Bad dad jokes. Bad dad jokes. That's it. That's all I offer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I offer these days. You know, I started as like, at first I was really into super anatomy. So I hung out with Jason Crandall for many years and then I got into the heart. So I hung out with Janet and then, you know, I was like, well, maybe I want to go back into like nuance. And so I hung out with Noah for, you know, and then finally like Kia just blew my mind open. So I'm, but I'm like so all the, yo- the, the yoga mom and dads had a baby and I came out. <laughs> yeah, well, you have, you have so much to offer. I mean, just being around teachers like that and being conscious enough to be able to choose teachers like that. I mean, you have. It was important. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was very important to just, you know, be in their presence, I think, was the most important part. And then, you know, from that, totally. let whatever, you know, whatever, whatever did, you know, get passed on, let that be passed on. And right. 
in that. There's uh there's a Sanskrit term which I uh what is the, the term, but it's uh the 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 actual term uh points in the direction of learning, but what the actual translation is is that all you have to do is be in the presence of a master. Mm. You don't you don't have to like come up with any complicated way to learn something. You just go and spend time around a master and the learning will will happen. Um, and I think that's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. you're referring to is like, you just, you learn from the integrity and the practice and the dedication from those people. And, you know, Jason and Janet and Kia, I mean, like we're talking about some of the most, uh, inspiring yoga leaders on earth right now, anywhere. And yeah, just yeah. like that, yeah. you know, you've been blessed to receive that and that you will have that to offer to your students. I mean, and, and I, and, you know, also from just with your background, being able to connect that to so many people, I mean, it's, right. it's beautiful what, what you do. Um, Thank so you. I just Thank wanted to share that. that. <laughs> well, Adam, I'm really glad that we, uh, we got to, to talk today and, and chat and connect. And, and I mean, I've, I had so much to say and really there couldn't be a more perfect person to, to have this conversation with about trainings and whatnot. And I'm, I'm again, I just, you know, I just want to give you a big shout as a human for, you know, going in and, and doing the work. Cause that's not an easy thing to do, my friend. And, uh, I just appreciate you doing it and offering what you're offering in the way that you do. It's, it's so important. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, um, do I get a, do I get a little plug? Yeah, go Can for I it. Plug, well, plug away. Plug yeah, away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, we're looking at uh, the, the evolution of online yoga. And I think the realization has been that um, it's great and it's a great addition to practice, but it's also just, it's not enough. It's, it shouldn't make up your whole practice. And so our team just designed this new membership um, where you'll get access to, you can study live every week with the East West teachers, but you'll also get access to two other yoga platforms as well. One called inner dimension, which is, um, created by Travis Elliott. I don't know if you know Travis and his wife, Lauren Ekstrom in Los Angeles, just like one of the, one of the best unknown yoga platforms. And so with our membership, you'll get full access to that. And then another one from our uh, Instagram page, how to practice yoga. They have uh, a library of about 250 classes. So, um, it's sort of like an access pass instead of it just being the one studio, you'll get access to, um, to three online studios. And then also a $500 credit, which is used to go on either one of our trainings or a training or a retreat with any of our teachers, because I'm sure Danny, like you do a retreat every year, I would imagine, right? Multiple. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so for our members, so joining East West, it's $29 a month. You'll get $500 of a credit to use to any of our teachers trainings or events. And so Mark Whitwall, Paul Teoto, Byron DeMars, a bunch of teachers from India. There's just a huge selection of um, events. So you'll actually say if you're if you're someone who um, goes on one retreat or training year, you'll actually save money by doing the membership. So yeah, thanks for allowing that. I think it's it's yeah. just something that's exciting for me, and I, I wanted to share that. Thanks, Adam. Until yeah. the next seeker and sage. This is Danny and Adam saying peace out. Peace out.